open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The true God, one in three, and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him.
Save me, O God, by thy name, and judge me by thy strength. Hear my prayer, O God, give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers are risen up against me, and oppressors seek after my soul. They have not set God before them. Behold, God is mine helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. He shall reward evil unto mine enemies. Cut them off in thy truth. For he hath delivered me out of all trouble, and mine eye hath seen his desire upon mine enemies. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Save me, O God, by thy name, and judge me by thy strength. Hear my prayer, O God, give ear to the words of my mouth. The Old Testament Lesson for the second-to-last Sunday of the church year, is written in the seventh chapter of Daniel, beginning at the ninth verse. Daniel spoke and said, I watched until thrones were placed, and the one who was ancient of days sat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, and its wheels burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came out from before him. Thousands of thousands ministered to him, Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set. The books were opened. I watched at that time because of the voice of the great words which the horn spoke. I watched even until the animal was slain, and its body destroyed, and it was given to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the animals, their dominion was taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw in the night visions. And behold, there came with the clouds of heaven one like a son of man, and he came even to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Dominion was given him, and glory and a kingdom, that all the peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that will not be destroyed. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the third chapter of the second epistle of St. Peter, beginning at the third verse. Brothers, know this first, that in the last days mockers will come, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For from the day that the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willfully forget, that there were heavens from of old, and an earth formed out of water, and amid water by the word of God, by which means the world that existed then, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens that exist now and the earth, by the same word, have been stored up for fire, being reserved against the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But don't forget this one thing, beloved that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow concerning his promise, as some count slowness, but he is patient with us, not wishing that any one should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will be dissolved with fervent heat, and the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be destroyed like this, what kind of people ought you to be in holy living and godliness, looking for and earnestly desiring the coming of the day of God, which will cause the burning heavens to be dissolved, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? 
But according to his promise, we look for new heavens and a new earth, in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, seeing that you look for these things, be diligent to be found in peace, without defect and blameless in his sight. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. He shall call to the heavens from above, and to the earth that he may judge his people. And the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs, and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. Before him all the nations will be gathered, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. He will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will tell those on his right hand, Come, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you as a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer them, Most certainly I tell you, because you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say also to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, which is prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you didn't give me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't take me in. Naked, and you didn't clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and didn't help you? Then he will answer them, saying, Most certainly I tell you, because you didn't do it to one of the least of these, you didn't do it to me. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lord in our gospel lesson says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And these goats will go away into everlasting punishment, he ends, but the righteous unto eternal life. Now over the last week, 
I had a typical week. I spent time with my family. I dropped off my children at school in the morning. I watched TV with my wife in the evenings. I went to work. I prepped for classes. I taught. I typed on the computer. I prepared for Sunday. In my spare time, I read the newspaper. Saw that my high school lost to her high school at the Dome. It is what it is. I read books. I watched football. I also ran errands. I went to the store. I shopped, got gas for my car. And last night, we enjoyed a school auction. And this morning, we together enjoyed witnessing the baptism of a little one and welcomed her into our congregation. All that is to say, in short, I had a pretty normal week, like what all of you experienced. The most unusual part of my week was putting away my light jacket and grabbing my heavy coat. The week was ordinary. An ordinary week, like it was for you. Then this morning, we hear about the dramatic return of Christ and the end of the world. And if you're like me, it's difficult to reconcile my quiet, ordinary life. And then the end of the world as Christ describes it. How am I supposed to reconcile my thoughts while I'm eating dinner quietly with my family at night with the images of Christ descending from the sky, hosts of angels with him as the heavens and earth are melted away as great noises accompany the passing away of the earth with a loud trumpet. Yet for as difficult as all of this is for us to reconcile as one reality that this is today and tomorrow is that. This is what we believe. This is what we teach and confess. Not only that, what Christ told us this morning is what we pray for. That as we live our ordinary lives, that it may all come to a screeching halt with Christ's return. That's our hope. As difficult as this may be to reconcile, that's our hope. And so we wait and we wait and we wait. In fact, we've been waiting with the church for Christ's return since Pentecost Day for 2,000 years. She has waited faithfully. She continues to wait faithfully for his return. But that faithful waiting, that's not easy for individual Christians. Because as we live in waiting, as we make decisions in our lives, waiting for his return, we're mocked or we're attacked or we're persecuted. And we're surrounded by all of that. So intense is the mockery towards us that it starts to play games with our heads and our hearts. And the mockery can lead us to question, am I a fool to wait? Is this waiting all in vain? Again, the day of judgment kind of sounds like a really far-fetched, far-fetched, far-off reality from this ordinary life and world. Is it really true? Especially as we see mockers and scoffers live, just live it up in this life. Revelry and drinking, chasing their lusts, living in the moment, only for the moment. And so we can begin to wonder if we're just missing out on the here and now for a later that we can't quite reconcile with. Now St. Peter in his epistle, he's writing 30 years after our Lord's ascension. He knows the trials and tribulations of this faithful waiting. So he tells us this morning in the epistle, at, in verse 3, he says... Know this first, that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. 
Well, we've heard those comments too, haven't we? We've heard that mockery. How many times have we turned on the TV or the radio or talked to friends or family and then they tell us that we're fools or at least imply that we're fools because they don't really think Christ is coming back. Peter recognizes that, so he continues. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded, deluged with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Peter says that these scoffers, what they forget, and he reminds us what we can sometimes forget as well in the moment, they forget that it has not always been this way. It has not always been about these ordinary lives. It has not always been that the material world we see around us has always, has always existed. In fact, Peter tells us there was a time when all of this had to be created by the Word and the Spirit out of the waters. All of it created in a dramatic creation of God speaking. And the awe of that creation, the incredible, the incredible nature of that creation can only be matched with the, with the awe of the great deluge, of the great flood that came later. Because Peter also reminds us of something else the scoffers forget. That there was another time of faithful waiting and a time of mockery. That was the time of Noah. That's what he's implying here. Where Noah built the ark for a better part of a century as he faithfully waited for the waters to fall as the Lord said they would. And as he did that, he was mocked by scoffers for thinking that a worldwide flood was coming. That judgment would fall upon them. That something so horrific and extraordinary could fall upon their ordinary lives as they lived in that day for pleasure and chased their lusts. They mocked Noah for waiting. For living out his life knowing it was going to come. But mock it as they did, that's exactly what happened. The dramatic great deluge, the flood, came so everything on the face of the earth perished. It was dramatic. It was a drama that could only be matched, and it will be surpassed by the great flood of fire which Christ and Peter say is to come. And the flood, it was so dramatic, it was so devastating, that outside of Scripture, we have no idea what the world was like before the flood. Our knowledge of that world is completely gone. That's how terrible the flood was. And yet, for as terrible as it was, Everyone did perish except those whom God's word and spirit and water preserved in the ark. They survived by his word. That's what Peter points us to here. And so Peter encourages us saying, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that, the that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but in long-suffering toward us, not, will, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So Peter is saying, yes, your waiting is long. Our suffering may at times be intense. Perhaps at times 
as intense as it was for Noah. You can see examples of that throughout the church's history. But the long-suffering of Noah was not because God was slow or late. It had a divine purpose. It was so that those in Noah's time had, had opportunity to come to repentance. Which his wife, his sons, their wives, they did come to repentance. Likewise, for your long-suffering, your waiting, the church's long-suffering has been for millennia. But it has a purpose. But when our bodies break down and hurt, when our loved ones die and leave us lonely, when we suffer job loss or divorce or some tragedy, those are times we beg for our Lord to return. In those times, we don't want to wait. We want Him to return right here and right now. And in those times, our waiting and suffering, it can feel like divine cruelty. But for our Lord who is eternal, who is not bound by time, His patience, His long-suffering is a mercy. His patience, even during our time of suffering, is also a mercy. Because He is even more long-suffering toward us than we are towards the world. And He is long-suffering so that more may come to repentance. Once he determines the banquet hall is full, he's not going to wait or delay. He will come immediately. But until that time, he waits. And we wait with him, along with all the saints in heaven, for salvation to increase. We suffer knowing what is to come. Because in the Scriptures, in all of Scriptures, there's probably only two stories in the Bible which we dread to picture in our minds, that we don't want to imagine. The first is what St. Peter implies. It's imagining what it must have been like to see the ark shut and sealed and to feel the rain begin to fall and the earth begin to quake and break apart. We don't want to imagine what it was like to be left outside the ark. And the other the other time in Scripture we don't want to imagine is just like it, although it's more intense. And that is to imagine being treated as the goat to be put on the Lord's left when He returns. Because both of those groups, whether it's at the flood of water or the soon-to-be flood of fire, what they hear, what they will hear, are these words, which are, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? You see how quick those words are? They're panicky. But then he will answer them saying, Assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. That is what the Lord will say to those who mock his people and forget what has been and what will be. We don't want to imagine the thought of judgment or everlasting punishment or the lake of fire because that was created for the devil and the demons, not for us. And so... We get anxious hearing about that, imagining it. 
But it will happen. Our Lord said it will happen, so it will happen. And because of how terrible that day will be, the Lord waits so that more can come to repentance and avoid that terrible fate. Because as difficult as it is for us to reconcile that the ordinary will end at Christ's extraordinary return, Peter reminds us still saying, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. So despite the mockery, despite the suffering and the waiting and the ordinariness of all of this around us, Peter wants us to keep the end in the forefront of our minds. So he tells us, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, that is broken apart. I don't know if dissolved is the right word, but everything at its smallest level will be broken apart, loosened. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, according to his promise, we look for the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found in him in peace, without spot and blameless. All that is to say, like Noah, we must know that the day of judgment is coming. We cannot forget. And like Noah, we live our lives waiting for that day. Now, you don't have to go out and build an ark. That was God's command to Noah. But instead, you live in the ark of the church in which you come to repent and remain in your baptism, where you receive the word of God, where you receive the body and blood of Christ for forgiveness and strength in the face of mockery. Noah had to build the ark. God wants you to stay in the ark in this time. In the time of Noah, the only way to survive the judgment was to receive the waters with the word and the spirit. And that's exactly how we survive the day of judgment to come. With the word, the spirit, and water. That's how we remain without spot and blameless when he comes again. We live in his forgiveness. And living with each other, we shouldn't be bitter or backbite or gossip towards each other. But work together. Forgive each other and work together, even in the small tasks so others may be brought to him in the church, so that where we forgive, where we work together in the church, others may be brought to Christ here and avoid that day of judgment. And notice also, as Peter tells us how to wait, notice how often he mentions the word fear for us believers. Look through the epistle, look for the word fear. You won't see it. He doesn't say a word of it. Yet when we hear about the last days in the Scripture readings, how we'll end our ordinary lives here with the collapse of all that is around us, we often have a sense of dread inside of us. (coughs) Or we can often feel fear for those loved ones of ours that are not in the faith because we see what the fate is for those on the last day without faith. And yet even with that sense of dread that our flesh has, even with our fear for our loved ones, 
Peter doesn't say a word about fear for those who believe because for us, in these readings, there is no room for fear. For us, the last day, it's a day of hope, of comfort. It's the day of all illness and death coming to an end and being put away forever. The last day, on that day, the sheep will not weep for the goats. Instead, the sheep will have full trust and comfort in the justice of God that is given in Christ. We who are sheep will rejoice in the ordinary lives of this sinful world coming to an end and will rejoice at the new extraordinary ordinary that begins in our new lives in the heavens and the earth to come. What is to come, what will be ordinary for us there, makes what we are ordinary here pale in comparison. Until then, of course, we share the gospel with all those we love and we welcome those outside the church whenever they are baptized into the church by the power of the Spirit, like we did this morning. We baptize Finley Ray because on the last day she will now be on the right side of our Lord. She will be with the sheep. Because we, like our Father, desire all to come to repentance so that they may be saved in baptism. And saved in baptism, they will hear what the king say, Come, you blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And he will say to you, For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. That's what he will say to you. And then you will say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick and in prison and come to you? <coughs> then our Lord, with the last word, before you enter the new heavens and the new earth, will say, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. For little Finley Ray, these are the words which she will hear on the last day with all of us. But until that day, come eat and come drink, so that we may be strengthened to see our Lord return and be on his right side. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
upon thee to deliver me when it's humble thyself to be born of a virgin and thou hadst overcome the sharpness of death thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers thou sittest at the right hand of God mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O God, so rule and govern our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that being ever mindful of the end of all things and the day of your just judgment, we may be stirred up to holiness of living here and dwell with you forever hereafter. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily, we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic 
with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise. 
and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.